welcome to the Unfiltered Empowered Woman. I am your host, Ellen, and I am a female empowerment coach. That means that I help you stop people-pleasing, stop being controlled by anxiety and overthinking, breaking your bad habits, and stop letting food rule your life. It's time for you to take your power back and become an empowered woman. In this podcast, I will show you the unfiltered version of myself and my guests. You know, the stuff that we can't put on Instagram. I want to show you how living unfiltered means you can take that power back and live a truly empowered life. Now let's dig in. Welcome back, everyone. Today is a guest episode, actually. It's not a solo episode. I've been doing a lot of solos lately, but today I have someone on who actually was a huge part of my own journey. Like when I first started, it was someone I spoke to a lot, someone that I looked up to a lot. And going into summer, you guys know that I'm all about balance and sustainability and, you know, changing habits, not just changing diets and putting in more restrictions. So today I have someone who is very passionate about this and who has an amazing business called Fortitude Nutrition Coaching. And his name is Josh Smith. So welcome so much to the podcast. Thank you. What an honor. Uh, nice little intro there. I remember when we used to like kind of both be in Sydney and we'd have like plenty of chats and you were on my podcast before as well. So it's nice to return a favor and be a guest on yours. Yeah, yes, I have been on you. I was thinking that I was like, I definitely have been on this podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know if you remember this, but I know when I first started coaching nutrition, obviously I don't do that anymore, but when I first started nutrition, like I would reach out to you quite a bit to like ask yeah. for advice and like see what you have done with your business. So just want to say thank you again for that because it was like a huge help to me and a lot of reassurance that I was doing like the right thing. Yeah, I, I certainly do remember that. And I, I always do like really appreciate when someone reaches out and thinks that I am worth asking advice from like I'm like what why me yeah. um, but it, it's pretty cool and it's awesome to see that you kind of took that on board took the leap to to kind of go into full-time nutrition and you know transition to where you are now so it's pretty cool to see yeah 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 it's amazing so for the listeners who don't know you do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself like how you started your business like how long it's been going because you've had it for quite a while now yeah, so seven years now. Um, so I used to be a school teacher and a musician. I didn't really live a very healthy lifestyle. Um, I actually didn't really start eating vegetables till I was twenty-five. I'm now thirty-five, and so and my my job is basically telling people how good vegetables are. Um, but yeah, I didn't have a very healthy lifestyle. Um, long story short, I had a pretty bad car accident uh, about eleven years ago, and that really changed everything for me. I started to value my health uh, a lot more. Got into the gym. That was really hard. I was like, how can I make this easier? Then I went through the nutrition route and I became really passionate about it. And I was very confusing, like all the information out there. And I wanted to kind of combine my teaching background and my teaching skills uh, with my newfound knowledge and passion of nutrition. Um, and along the way, I became really passionate also about behavior change and, and really coaching people specifically rather than coaching like problems of like, oh, you know, fat loss or muscle gain. So and that kind of took me into more of the values-based work as well and helping people like improve their overall quality of life, not just their bodies. Um, so again, became really quite passionate in behavior change, started FNC, like so Fortitude Nutrition Coaching, like I said, seven years ago. And over that time, we've really evolved. 
Um, we've grown as a team as well to uh, now have a team of like, I call myself like, we're kind of like the Power Rangers. <laughs> we have like little different specialties. We've got like sports nutrition. We do have some body image. We have some, you know, dedicated fat loss. We have, uh, you know, sports dietitian. We have eating disorder. We have a bit of everything in there. Um, but no matter what, it's all about enhancing someone's life and helping them um, move towards becoming the person that they really do want to be. Mm, yes I love that so much and wow that's so cool I didn't know your team was that big like I knew I know a few of your coaches um but I didn't know it was that many that's amazing congratulations yeah thank you very much yeah so um like I you know we speak a lot about goals and I don't necessarily ever think that anything is good or bad like a goal isn't good or bad I just think about um the reason behind it is really important um and also how you go about it. So, you know, I know we, we're probably going to talk a lot about like fat loss and changing bodies and, you know, everyone has a right to have whatever goal they have. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, like I said, a goal or a thing isn't good or bad. It's the why and the how that can really determine whether it's going to be effective um, and empowering or not. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So obviously we are going into the Australian summer and there are a lot of you know, diet trends popping up, there are a lot of eight-week challenges, a lot of quick fixes. And I agree with you. I don't think that there's anything wrong with having a body composition goal. I think that, you know, you can change your body if you want to. That doesn't necessarily mean that you feel like shit about yourself right now. But for someone who is in that mindset of like, I want to change, I want to lose weight, like what is something that they should look out for um, when choosing a coach or a challenge? Um, someone who is going to get to know you and try and dig deeper into, like I said the, before, the why behind the goal. Um, and it's not just about doing the five whys. It's about you know making sure that this goal is going to move you towards what matters most in your life. So if you value your family and social health um, and adventure and freedom, you know, is then following a really strict meal plan and having a very like directive coach going to be helpful for you? I don't think so. So making sure that your goals are aligned with your values and what's most important to you um, and that the steps that you're going to take are also personalized and going to move you in the right direction. I think the big issue is that people right now, they may be very desperate to change. So they will kind of jump on like maybe the gym challenge. So they might one, work with someone who's not qualified in, in regards to nutrition or two, work with someone who isn't going to personalize the approach. And I don't mean personalized macros or personalized meal plans. I mean, personalized behaviors. Um, and I think this is a, a really big interest of mine at the moment. You know, there's a lot of people, um, professionals in general, speaking about how people can't maintain their results because they can't eat at maintenance. And I'm like, this is fucking maintenance madness at the moment. It's like, you know, you've got to start eating at maintenance first to earn your right to diet. And then you have to like go to your maintenance calories. I'm like, I don't think that's the problem. I think the reason can't people can't maintain results is because they can't maintain the behaviors. Mm. And a coach is going to really make sure that this person can do these behaviors. They want to do them. And that these behaviors are going to have a positive impact, not just on their goals, but also the rest of their life. Mm, yeah, interesting. And it's interesting you say that because I have seen a lot of posts about that. And especially around like the bodybuilding community, I feel like they're very much like, eat at maintenance, blah, blah, blah. you need to like practice eating at maintenance and getting coached in maintenance calories. But it, that's a very, very interesting approach, which I totally agree with. But for someone who comes on, who is a client of yours or working with someone else, for example, and they just can't 
stick to the calories or they can't like track their food they can't follow the meal plan or whatever it is like what how do you help those people so i guess the way that i would work with someone is looking at where they currently are right now Mm. where they want to be and then map out i guess the things that are getting in the way of them living the life they want to live so i might highlight let's say you know three or four behaviors and present them to this person and go out of these things which one do you want to work on so this is what we call client-centered but goal-directed so they can choose what they're going to do which is helps with uh, motivation as well by having that re- um, we're respecting autonomy giving them a sense of choice in 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 the matter but making sure that the things they're going to work on are going to help them move and and progress towards that life um, and they don't have to track their calories actually currently I have none of my clients tracking their calories wow for a little while, I had one, um, but I just think like if I can help someone without tracking calories, then I would much rather do that because again, it's very much a behavior um, based uh, a behavior based approach there. So it might be getting someone to eat regular meals. It might be getting someone to eat more protein or more plants or having fruit as a snack or whatever it might be. Um, you know, thinking about the purpose behind their meals. So I want to get to know the person as much as possible to get a better understanding of what their habits are right now, why they're doing them, and then what things we can tweak along the way. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I so agree with you with everything that you said, and, and this is what kind of frustrates me when I see all these, like, apps coming up and a lot of coaches, a lot of people that I know going into the, the app world of just automating everything, automated response, or, like, some little person in Taiwan or something writing back to them and then taking off all their habits and stuff and there's actually no interaction with the person behind it so the person might get results for like four weeks when the you know when the motivation is high like they sign up their courage they're buzzing they're gonna make changes and then that kind of drops because like you said they haven't actually addressed the underlying issue like the actual why is the the thing that's actually holding them back yeah they haven't got to the root cause of the problem. Mm. Um, and, you know, someone may have an overeating issue, but it doesn't just mean the solution is eating less. It's no. finding out why they're, why they're overeating in the first place. Mm. Is it because they're not eating breakfast and they're really hungry in the evenings? Is it because they're stressed? Is it because they're bored? Is it because it's a coping strategy? What like What is the root cause of the problem? Because just saying, oh, yeah, like change your calories to this number, like that's that's not helpful, not addressing. It's, um, it's hacking at the branches rather than striking at the root. If you hack at the branches, the the weeds keep coming back, right? Struck mm-hmm. the root, they, they won't come back. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's our approach. Get to the root cause of the problem. Um, and I think with this kind of app, so the app-based coaching, the very, um, the one-to-many approach, it's, it's you're losing the human element and you're, again, you're just coaching a problem rather than a person. And nutrition is, is simple, right? Um, but the human is very complex, there are so many reasons why someone does or doesn't do the things that they do. Um, and it's it takes a coach to guide them through understanding that. And then there's these light bulb moments. You're planting some seeds along the way. And the more information we have about our clients, the better the better we are at doing our jobs. So we can do a bit of a, a almost like a case study is like, is it a capability uh, issue? Is it an opportunity issue? Or is it a motivation issue? Because all those, they're, they're very different solutions to those problems as well. Um, one thing you said before about motivation being high and, um, you know, there's this app kind of thing. I would even say the issue there is the source of motivation is a controlling source of the motivation. So if we use the challenge mentality or the the um, analogy here is that they're doing it because they have to, 
they need to, or someone, the coach says you should do this, right? This is a controlling social source of motivation. So it's an external pressure. And there's a few issues with this. One of them is that it leads to poorer outcomes, but also poorer psychological well-being. And then when you remove the ex- external pressure, you remove the controlling source of motivation. Guess what? The behavior stops as well. So I was only doing my steps because my coach said I had to. I was only tracking my calories because it was part of the challenge. I was only eating protein because of this reason, right? What we want to try and do is shift it towards the autonomous end of the spectrum. So it's also like the intrinsic internal. Mm-hmm. So making sure it's important to you, it's interesting, Um and you get this inherent sense of satisfaction, but also it's like part of your identity. So instead of doing things which you need to, should do, or you must, it's now because you you want to. Like I, I want to eat um, protein and plants because it helps me feel great and feel full. I want to go for a walk every single day because I love going out for a walk with my daughter and enjoying the sunshine and seeing the trees and the birds and the dogs. Mm. Like that's we, what we see there is like, again, better outcomes, better psycho- psychological well-being, but also more greater long-term maintenance of those behaviours too. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And like coming from a long like 10 plus years of history of disordered eating and eating disorders myself, I 100% back that. Like it wasn't until I changed that mindset to, okay, how do I want to feel and how can I nourish my body today and how can I show my body love and compassion? You know, no matter, doesn't matter what I did yesterday, if I binged or if I did that or whatever, it's such a big, it's such an important thing when it comes to behavior change, to changing from just punishing yourself by not eating or punishing yourself by doing more exercise or restricting more or whatever it can be for you. Like if you can actually change that to, okay, what is the purpose of this? Like, am I doing this because I want to feel better? Am I doing this because I I like how I look or I, I feel good from moving my body in the gym? Like you're going to have such incredible results from that because it's going to be long-term change. Yeah, exactly right. And it's like, I think a lot of the issues is that people are being forced to do certain things or they're forcing themselves to do these things. Mm. Whereas like, let's try and have a bit of fun with it. Let's make it easier and make it enjoyable. Yeah. You know, we speak about with exercise, people go and find the exercise that, that, that they enjoy. Why don't we do the same thing with nutrition? You know, not that find the right diet, but like pick the foods that you enjoy, add flavors, make them enjoyable. Mm-hmm. absolutely why do you think that people want to make it so hard like i'm sure you've had clients as well they're like that's it like don't, don't have don't i have to suffer a bit more <laughs> um i think there's a big like uh grind culture like the um it's like you've got to make things real hard stay hard you got to be disciplined mm-hmm. you know even if you don't want to you still got to do it um and i think a lot of coaches kind of buy into that approach so they kind of uh, preach it to their audience as well and these and I guess the audience would or the clients would see these people as like credible and successful and they think well I've got to do that as well I'm like well I'd rather you get like maximum results for minimum effort yeah absolutely. you know not not and I, I actually I, I do some men, I mentor um, other coaches now and one of the guys I mentor he's over in the UK he said that their um, their slogan is max results minimum time I was like, well, that could be a bit risky. I was like, well, why don't you sort it to max results, minimum effort? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's fucking he's better. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. safer, you know, less, oh, less God, risky. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, people are going to think, oh, yeah, why didn't I lose six kilos in three weeks? I thought that's what the minimum time was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then I, I think, like, people, do, like, if I think about being then empathetic to the audience, 
people don't know what they don't know. They're in this like unconscious incompetent stage of learning. So they don't know they can do it a bit easier. They don't know they can have fun with it. They've just, every time they've tried, it's had to be hard. It's had to be fast. It's had to be aggressive. Yeah. Um, and it's not been fun. Like, whereas like, let's try and flip the script. Like that, maybe that's why it didn't work for you last time. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's so true. And like every, like, I feel like even just thinking of the word diet, I immediately think of like weight loss and restrictions and detox and green juices and stuff like that. Like I don't still don't associate the word diet with healthy balanced lifestyle eating whatever like what you feel like intuitive eating that's not what I think when I hear diet I'm sure a lot of people feel the same like it it feels like something that should be hard something that like uncomfortable yeah there's actually one thing that has really frustrated me over the last few years is the use of the word diet like oh when you're dieting I was like let's actually look at the definition of the word diet and the definition is a way of eating Mm. so we are all on a diet whether we're pursuing fat loss or not we are all on a diet but for some reason people say dieting so so they think okay if i want to get healthier i need to go on a diet which means restriction i need to work with a nutritionist it means meal plan and macros so it's like they're stereotyping the whole approach to health and to diet i was like we need to change the narrative Mm. of a diet is a way of eating and there is so much more to health and more ways to improve your health than just losing weight and, you know, tracking your calories. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think that something that I've worked on a lot, both with myself and with my clients lately, is that you don't always have to be losing weight. Like it's almost become like a normal thing for people to, oh, what are you working to? Oh, how much weight do you want to lose? Are you trying to lose weight? Even today, this morning at the gym, someone said to me, oh, like you've lost weight since I first saw you. And I haven't done that on purpose. I've just eaten the way I wanted to eat and moved my body the way I want to move. So it was really confronting. So I was like, I don't want to say thank you because I don't feel like it's a compliment because I haven't, it's not something I wanted to achieve. It's just happened. So I was just like, okay. And I think we need to kind of normalize. Well, first of all, not commenting on people's weight. I don't like that at all. No. Unless you've asked about for it. But also, like, you don't have to always want to lose weight. It is actually okay to be happy with your body as it is now and, you know, see it go through changes. Sometimes we're a bit heavier. Sometimes we're a bit lighter. And it's just a reflection of what's going on in your life at the moment. Like, maybe you are training a bit more or maybe you are partying a bit more or traveling or started dating someone new and you're having all these amazing date nights and putting on a bit of extra weight. And that's fine. Yeah. I would even say, like, like not pushing back against that, but like, I don't think you even always have to be changing your body. Yeah. Like Because now there is a big thing of like, you know, you can gain muscle. Mm. Like, yeah, you can. And like the stereotype is like, people think, oh, a guy goes to the gym and he eats well, he must be wanting to put on weight. Mm. Like, no, like, no, I just, I like training. I like eating well. And I feel really good doing both. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's like, th- there's like two separate narratives now. It's like, okay, you're either gaining or you're bulking uh yeah. bulk bulking or you're cutting yeah yeah. <laughs> you know, like you know you can just want to try and change behaviors yeah and this is the idea i've had recently is like is it the weight or the behaviors mm. so after inca was born so i've got a, a one-year-old daughter now for anyone who doesn't know which is probably most most of you <laughs> um but i was moving less a lot less i was training less i was sleeping like shit um and i actually drank a little bit more alcohol than normal like i wasn't getting blind but i was like you know i had a couple of extra beers a week right 
I didn't feel good. But you know what? The weight was still exactly the same. And I was actually, it might have been like one kilo up. So I was like, a lot of people would say, oh, I've got to lose some weight to feel better. I was like, no, I've got to fucking change my behaviors. Like, I can't actually sleep more because it's not in my control, but mm-hmm. I can try and move a bit more, you know, go for some more walks. Training at the gym is very hard at the moment with a daughter, um, a young daughter who's not sleeping very well, um, but I can stop drinking as much alcohol. So I was like, change the behaviors and you feel better. And sometimes like weight loss is a byproduct of that, but it's not a focus. I think this is where I speak before about the how you go about things. It's where it could be a reduction without restriction, without it focusing on, you know, cutting things out. I was like, sometimes change your behaviors and you just, you feel better, you feel healthier and maybe, maybe your body changes. Maybe. It doesn't have to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's also, it comes down to like, what kind of life do you actually want for yourself? Like, do you want to be able to go take your kids for ice cream on a Tuesday afternoon without stressing about putting on weight or tracking it or anything like that? Do you want to be able to go on a holiday and just enjoy your time? Or do you want to be, you know, if you want to go on a holiday and you want to be strict with your food, you want to actually track, sure, like, go ahead, do that if you want. But yeah. just don't compare if you're someone who wants to just enjoy your time with your kids or family or friends, whatever, don't compare your body or motivation to someone who actually just wants to track their food because you live in two completely different lives. Yeah, exactly right. And you have different lives, different outcomes. Mm. And so that requires different approaches. Mm. I think this is the issue with um with the coaches as well at the moment is that they, they view the world and their clients through their the lens with which they view the world yeah yeah right so it's like i have got results with tracking i want to change my body go through bulking and cutting and maintenance and all this kind of bullshit like have you got to know your clients mm. i don't think so like and i think a big issue is they're not doing video calls with them you know i speak about this a lot with my mentorship of like you know if you're not doing video calls i don't think you're getting to know your clients yeah great and you just, it's very much like this scale, like scale your business, have as many clients in your books as possible, two minute check-ins, ah, try again better next time. You didn't hit your macros. Here's my MyFitnessPal guide. Like that shit doesn't work. Like, you know, and what are you doing it for? The impact of the income. Mm, yeah. Like I'm all about the, the impact, like changing someone's life. Not Again, not their body. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, look where it's taking you. Obviously, yeah. well for you. <laughs> yeah, but also like I see this, um, the coaches that are most frustrated with their clients, or like when you sit on social media, mm. they're the ones that don't really get to know them. Like they're not, they're not empathetic because they don't understand their clients. They don't know them. Yeah, yeah. So no, I think if if you're a client listening to this, if you're looking for a coach, look for one who is understanding, empathetic, and will take the time to get to know you. Mm yeah for sure and I think like you said I I 100% agree with the video calls that it's so important and it blows my mind that I was doing coaching without video calls for so long and I had coaches for so long that like wasn't even on my mind that I could potentially jump on a zoom with someone it was just you check in over spreadsheets or whatsapp or whatever it was you using at the emails whatever you were using at the time and that was it like it wasn't even a thing like I, I didn't even think about it and now I can't even imagine having a coaching business and not doing video calls yeah yeah and I think it's all like because they've just dehumanized nutrition again this is yeah. this whole thing with the maintenance like you've got to start at your maintenance calories yeah. imagine a new person goes what's that oh you've got to do this calculation based on your BMR and your TDAE and all like your your steps and then your activity factor and all like 
what? Yeah. I just want to, I want to eat healthier. I'm not eating breakfast at the moment. Should I eat breakfast? That's all I want to know. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and they have all no these, idea. It, yeah, you're making it more confusing. Mm. And people already think dieting is, or, sorry, healthy eating is hard enough. Mm, mm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Something I've seen a lot recently um, is calorie cycling. And I did a workshop for a coach like a few months ago and I touched on it. I said, if a client is consistently overeating every weekend, the issue here or the problem or the solution here isn't that for you to give her more calories in the weekend and restrict her in the week because that's just going to make the problem worse. And I had a lot of pushback from that coach. Mm. She was like, no, like calorie cycling actually is really, really good for people. It gives them so much more freedom. I'm just very curious to hear your thoughts on calorie cycling. Like it may have worked for a handful of people. <laughs> um, but often when someone is overeating, it is fueled by prior restriction. Mm. Whether it is intentional or not, they've gone through a period of under eating and then they overeat on the weekends. Now, calorie cycling cycling could give someone the the, the two big issues. One, it could give them a license to go, I'm gonna eat way less now, and then heaps more there. Or it just fuels this relationship of like, oh, to enjoy myself, I have to undereat here. And then what's like, what's the trade-off, right? You get to like, what do they even enjoy themselves on that one day or the two days? Hmm. Or do they get to the point where they just fucking feel like shit because they've overdone it, they feel guilty, and they go, fuck, now I've got five days of eating rabbit food. Like, and then you feel like shit for five days because you've got no energy and you're hungry. Mm. Like, you just need to weigh up the trade-offs and think about the consequences. Mm. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, naturally, I probably do eat a little bit more on the weekends, like, because I do have a couple of beers and maybe some ice cream. But it's not an intentional, like, oh, I have to eat less on this day so I can eat more that day. It just, like, naturally happens to some degree. Like some days you will eat more than others. Like if you are like internally regulated as well, mm. like eating based on hunger and fullness cues. Um, but I think like it can be a very, very risky tool to use with some people. Yeah, absolutely. But hey, like, but you know what? There are some people that it may work for, but it doesn't mean that you like, it's one that you proceed with caution big time. Yeah, 100%. It's, I, when I was coaching nutrition, there was a few clients who it did work for and they had no problem with it, but it, there were so many people who wanted to try it. And I was like, mm -mm, no, yeah. yeah, I can see the red flags from here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if anything, like the, one of the main things that you could do to help your clients, if they have got a busy show, social period coming up is like manage your expectations of what's realistic. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about, because we're obviously going into the holiday season and with that, it's going to be, you know, Christmas parties and dinners and picnics and barbecues and family gatherings. And someone who is, you know, want to go into it, still have body composition goals, but still want to enjoy themselves. Like how how do you think, what's a good approach for them? Um, Ask yourself how you want to feel in the middle of January or even the start of February. Mm. And then work your way back from that, reverse engineer it. So you probably want to feel like you enjoyed yourself. Mm. You got to make the most of social occasions, spend time with friends and family and loved ones and celebrate the end of the year. But you probably don't want to overdo it. 
to the point where you feel uncomfortable and you look back with regret. Mm-hmm. Like I would say that that's what most people want. Yeah. Well, then what does that look like? Okay. That means not being restrictive, but also not overdoing it. It means that you define either end of the spectrum. So what would a few months of complete over-restriction look like? And then what would overdoing it look like? And then just find somewhere in the middle. Mm, yeah. Like, sure. And then you could do that for each event as well, mm-hmm. right? The, the one I would use is like, okay, if you're going to the pub, over-indulging would be a palmy garlic bread, chips, and six beers, right? But over-restriction would be a chicken salad and soda water. This is for me, right? The sweet spot might be a snitty, share some chips, you get some veggies and have two beers. Enjoy, like you find the sweet spot between your social enjoyment and your physical health. Mm. Yeah, I actually, I love that. And I think it very much, it's very similar to what we were speaking about before, how people want to make it so hard. And it, they set these crazy, unrealistic expectations of themselves I used to see it all the time when I was doing nutrition coaching. Like, I'm going to go to dinner and my goal is to not eat anything. I'm just going to have water or I'm just going to have one drink and that's it. I'm not even going to touch the cheese board. And then they have one piece of cheese and it's like, nah, oh, fuck that. I'm just going to binge now or whatever. Day's yeah. Gone. yeah. This is where like the word permission is really key. Mm. So giving yourself permission to enjoy yourself. And what we can see here is there's a permission paradox. Mm-hmm. So when you restrict yourself of the things that you enjoy you tend to crave them more and then you eventually have them you you give in to it or whatever the temptation that's there that's inevitably going to be there and you're in this heightened emotional state you're really stressed you're doing something wrong so what do you do you have heaps of it really really fast and pretend like it didn't happen you overdo it to the point where then you feel guilty so what happens after guilt you restrict again and it just keeps going and the way that you break the cycle is through permission so when you give yourself permission, you tend to crave, crave things less. And then you just have it because you like you want it and you're allowed to have it. And there's no like stress or emotion attached to it. So you can have it mindfully and slowly. And the paradox here is that you enjoy it more, but you enjoy less of it. So rather than having a whole thing of Tim Tams because you feel like you fucked up, you have two and it's like, this is unreal. This is really, really good. I enjoy it. So the enjoyment per bite has just gone up through the roof and there's no guilt afterwards. So there's no restriction afterwards either. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it it sounds so simple, like when we speak about it, but just anyone listening and they're like, oh, but I can't do that. And like I tried today and I just just ended up eating the whole thing again. Like this is a habit that you also need to ingrain in your mind. Like this is something that you need to repeatedly do and practice and just keep coming back to it. It's like, okay. It's okay that I want a Tim time. It's okay that I want a beer. It's okay that I want that. And the more you do it, the easier it is going to get. And the first time it might be fucking super, super hard. And you will, you might overeat. You might not stick to what you had planned, but that's okay. Yeah. It's like habituation is a real thing. Like, you know, there's, I think there's an activity where it's like you pick one indulgence, have it every day for two weeks. Over time, you're going to like, I just don't really want it that much anymore. Like, I don't want it to get to that point where you hate it, but it's like, it's lost it's like novelty mm-hmm, you know sure. because you, you know you can have it um i think in that situation what you can do is have a bit more of a plan behind it so think about like what you're having when you're having it and like the main time not to have it is when you're hungry yeah <laughs> so you know any other time of day except when you're hungry mm. um where will you have it as well 
And what will you do if you feel like more? Mm. Like have a coping plan. Yeah, love that. You know, um, what was the other? There's another one. How much? Okay. Like, so it's not about going, oh, I can have Tim Tams. Like, well, think about how many you're going to have. Like, what's a sweet spot? Okay, two. Great. One is not enough for me, but, you know, seven is too many, but two is all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something that I think a lot of people get wrong when they're, like, letting go of tracking or intuitive eating. It's like, well, I'm just going to eat what I feel like. I'm just going to, like, follow my intuition here. And if I was just doing that, I would just eat cookies all day long. <laughs> yeah, it's like, again, you need to think about, like, the whole person. Mm, like mm. is that really moving you towards what matters to you exactly yeah for sure. yes yeah, so we're like you know getting to, like clear on your values and the person you want to become it's like okay well is eating the whole thing in tim terms really helping you mm. well no it's not actually i'll probably feel like shit afterwards okay well how can we satisfy as many parts of you as possible mm, yeah for sure for sure yeah i always talk to my clients about eating with purpose like what is the purpose of this food so like at the moment I'm drinking like this freaking hydrolyte thing and the purpose of that isn't because I enjoy it it's because my body is super dehydrated after doing CrossFit yeah that's right that's for hydration and then I might tonight I might have ice cream and the purpose of that isn't to fuel myself for CrossFit it's for because I freaking enjoy ice cream and it's delicious and it's hot and I want it so I think it's really important to come back to that purpose and like I said before like yeah sure like I would want to eat cookies all the time because cookies are delicious but I also know that if I want to feel awake and alert for my clients, if I want to be able to go for my beach walk, if I want to go to the gym, if I want to have energy and sleep well and have good digestion, I can't eat cookies all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a great way to teach the purpose is to show them when purpose goes wrong. Mm. It's like, okay, a potato doesn't really fuel a workout. A protein bar is not an indulgence and chocolate doesn't satisfy hunger oh the chocolate of protein bar it's an indulgence that is that is a whole other <laughs> yeah and like does it does it really taste good or are you just telling yourself that oh my god it was actually the funniest thing is when I came back to Sydney after being here for like six months and I always thought like oh I really like these protein bars and then I have one when I came back at the airport I was like I can't wait to have one as I did like, it awful why did I tell myself this is nice like if my stomach like two bites in I was bloated a cramp yeah like oh my gosh yeah like just because your coach has said on one of those a day in my life of eating 600 1600 calories and one of her snacks is a fiber one bar doesn't mean that that's actually something that's going to help you reach your goals yeah these oh these uh these videos, they, I kind of, as soon as someone posts, I'm like, unfollow straight away. <laughs> I yeah, I, I saw someone post one the other day. I was like, I thought we were, I thought we were done with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you'd think so, but no, it's unfortunately not. And for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about here, it's this, this big trend in, in influencer, uh, among influencers at the moment, or, I mean, I think, I feel like it's just, it's been gone on forever now, but it's basically like, photos of them are posting in a bikini in front of a mirror and then that, what i eat 1600 calories and it's like one the one of the worst ones i've seen was like oats with like one strawberry and then it was like two squares of like lint chocolate with like half a banana and like lunch was like a salad and then oh it was just no vegetables no um no fruits it was just half ass like shea protein protein bar and protein shakes and 
Oh, yeah, I, there's no way I could sustain myself on that. Yeah, it's um, it's very interesting that these people they still post that it's because they just care about the engagement, mm. and they don't think about like what's actually helping people. Mm. Um, they're like, I just need the stats to be up, you know, I, like that's why they do the get ready with me and the what I eat in a day and the glute workouts and all that bullshit. It's like, oh, need to get more views. They're not thinking about like. What's the what's the point of us creating content is to help people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Right. Before we wrap up, for people who like obviously like you and I we have a, a very good understanding of like what does a healthy day look like of eating? Like what is something like, you know, you need you know you need to focus on your protein, on your plants, and we know all this stuff. But for someone who might look at some sort of a video like that and think, oh, that looks delicious and healthy, like what do you mean it's not? good for me like what is something they can look for in a day of eating to help them fuel their body but also leave a little bit of room for indulgence well where do i go with this one (laughs) um i think it would be really important to think about what you want from your diet Mm. okay so it's like okay i want to feel satisfied and i want to feel satiated so i want to feel full Hmm. I want to satisfy my, my stomach and my taste buds. So what does that look like? Probably a, a mixed main meal at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So we're going for protein, plants, whether it be fruit and veg, and some carbs, so some whole grains or some whole food carbs, um, and some some healthier fats as well. But don't forget to pick the ones that you enjoy. Add some flavor to it if you need to as well. So I always say that sourced-up veggies is better than no veggies at all. I don't care if you drown your food in, like, sauce at the start if it helps you get vegetables in mm. um and then thinking about what is convenient but what also you value so some people can eat the same thing every single day some people want something different every single day so it's and you, or you can be anywhere in the middle some people don't give a shit if it's just frozen veggies or steam bag veggies but some people want fresh stuff all the time so think about what you want as well i don't like the steam bag veggies but i really like um coleslaw or kit like so mm. i'll have that for lunch most days um but i would say like you can give yourself an allowance of like i know we're not to make calories and tracking but roughly between 100 to 200 calories per day to come from an indulgence mm. you know and you can still like you can look at the serving size on the um on the label and like without tracking you can see like okay what is two tim tims 200 calories mm. Mm cool, great, like that That can fit into my day. But then when it goes wrong, ask yourself, well, what happened? Like, was I really hungry today or was I over full? Did I have no energy or was I buzzing? So, like, I think the most important part is the reflection. I'm like, is this working? If yes, great, keep doing it. If it's not, then you need to change something. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. And um, make sure you guys go and follow Josh's page because he has so much free information on there. And like you're definitely one of those people who create content for education, not mm. just for likes and views and followers and all of all that stuff. <laughs> it is a, it is a really good page to follow and definitely something that, you know, before you pick a coach, like make sure that you go and you have a look and like, okay, well, what does their because a lot of these coaches will have shared like this is what my client blah 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 ate in her diet 1552 calories like have a look at 
like what that looks like and then compare it to for example that the australian guidelines of healthy eating stuff like that like all of this information is online you just google click away you can find it compare it to that if it's very very different if it's mainly these protein shakes and protein yogurts and protein bars and all this weird stuff mm, probably won't be that sustainable for you yeah and i think like again if like we're going to like leave people on a note. It's like, you're going to be eating for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, unless Elon Musk, you know, changes something. But then yeah. even then, like, it's not a life worth living if it's fucking all like just pills and potions. Right. But like, it's worth just putting in some work for it, you know, an eight week challenge, probably not going to change your life, but like, it doesn't sound sexy, but you put six months to a year into your nutrition think about the compounding effect it has on the next 50 years of your life. Mm. If you can feel more confident that you are building nourishing and rewarding meals that you're going to enjoy and you won't have to stress about your nutrition for the next 50 years because you did it right for one year. Yeah. Like that's a 50x investment. Fuck it. Mm. It's pretty worth it. You don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about going to social events that you're going to undo all your hard work. You know, that you know that if you go on a holiday, you can come back and slide back, right back into your regular eating routines. Mm. You know how to pivot if, you know, you have kids sport on a Tuesday night and you come home late for dinner, you know what to do. Like, that's the stuff that's heaps more helpful. I want to help people feel confident, not in their bodies, like, yes, to some degree, but like in themselves, mm. in their choices. Yeah, 100%. It's. I think it's a part of being, like my program is obviously called the Empowered Woman, and a big part of it is being empowered with your nutrition choices, knowing what to eat, how to listen to your body, eating with purpose, what different foods does for your body. And you know, you guys that listen to this podcast, you always message me like, how do you like? How do you eat out all the time? If I ate out all the time, I would just gain so much weight and blah 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 all this stuff. But I you have to understand that I've taken so long to study this. Like I know how much my body needs. I know what it does. I know exactly like you said, I have that freedom to make those choices because I am educated. I took the time that it took to educate myself around this and look at me now. Like I freaking live in Bali and I eat out most of my meals and I don't really have cravings because I just allow myself to eat whatever I feel like. That's permission factor. Exactly. Everything's allowed. Also like don't you have to eat out at every meal? Isn't it cheaper to eat at, to eat out at Bali than to eat at home? It pretty much is. Like uh, after this, I'll cook my um, breakfast. I normally cook like scrambled eggs on toast at home. Just honestly, just this is such sounds such a privileged problem, but I'm sick of eating out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's a lot of the foods here is very drenched in oil. It's a, not many vegetables, and like that's fine as well every now and then. But like it's not something that I want to put into my body every single day. So yeah. I rather just cook my veggies, cook my eggs, have my toast, and then go and sit in the cafe, have a coffee. That's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you know if you are a viewer or consumer of social media, just like make sure that things are fair comparisons. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, I think it's something we. I think everyone struggles with it. We like it's just a natural thing. We compare ourselves to other people. But you have to remember that a lot of the stuff that we see online isn't what's actually going on. Even yeah. like myself, I don't post every single thing that happens in my life on social media. Like 
people have no idea the stuff that you struggle with behind the scenes. Yeah. But we all have it. And that's fine. Yeah, exactly right. Like we are all human. And I think that's actually um, one thing I've learned recently is that vulnerability builds trust. It's not trust. It builds vulnerability. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's actually, if you are a coach and you can be vulnerable, then people can relate to you. Mm. That's one really key part of um, like self, self-determination self theory, which helps with that autonomous motivation mm-hmm. is competence. So you know that you can do something autonomy. So you're choosing to do it mm-hmm. um, or yet you have some choice, but also relatedness with mm-hmm. a coach or a community. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Josh, it's been so nice to talk to you. Um, you. I would love for you to just give yourself a little plug. Like, are you taking on clients? Where can people find you? We'll obviously link everything in the show notes, but yeah, just if you have anything coming up, people can sign up to. Yeah, cool. Yeah. We are certainly taking on clients for one-on-one coaching. Um, So if you want nutrition coaching, it's Fortitude Nutrition Coaching. Um, If you are a coach looking for mentoring, so the things I specialize in are like the coaching skills, communication skills, um, content creation, and like time management, productivity, the back end stuff as well. Um, And that's uh, Hero Nutrition Mentoring. So, um, but I don't just work with nutrition coaches. I'll work with like PTs and other coaches as well. So um, yeah, two places you can find me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes as well. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and have enjoy the rest of your day. Thank Everyone you. else, I will talk to you next week. Bye. Awesome. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. If you are someone who is struggling with binge eating over Christmas, if you're someone who is like, I am just the the worst self-sabotager i need help with this everything that we spoke about in this podcast i can resonate with that i need more help i need more tools i don't know how to avoid myself from how to stop being cheating how to avoid self-sabotage how to avoid falling back to that all or nothing mindset make sure that you do check out the empowered woman program or that you check out the beat to binge workshop that i am hosting on the 21st of november you can find all the details in the show notes or if you go to my instagram page at the moment, the, it is still at a discounted rate, but the discount will go up the closer we get to the workshop date. This workshop will be recorded, so if you can't make it live, not a problem. You will get sent the workshop for you to save so you can watch it as many times as you need. If you want to watch it a few times over Christmas, no problem at all. So hopefully I see you there, and thank you again for listening. <laughs>